With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We are hours away from the season tip-off, the 2022 NBA season. Of course, that means the Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. So, of course... We have to bring in a special guest Guest today. We have Keith Pompey. But, of course, as always, Sherrod and Gary join me. I'm Kwani Lunas. You're listening to the A-List Podcast. Guys, fellas, how we feeling? Feeling good. <laughs> For a second, I thought you forgot me and Gary were in the building. Nah, I had, to make sure, I had to make sure our guest was introduced first, though. Like, damn. Gotta respect the guest. <laughs> damn. damn. <laughs> but, yes, our Keith Pompey is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. So, of course, we wanted to bring in someone that has expertise on the other end. Let's start with Ben Simmons, the biggest story of the offseason. How's he doing? What's the update? What should people know about the, him? <laughs> you know, it's funny because everywhere I go, that's where everybody want to talk about Ben. Always, I'm like, yo, always. he left like a year ago. I mean, you know what you're funny. doing. Uh-huh. He, he's, he's fine. You know what? It's funny. I, I, I chatted with Ben before the Sixers played um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets in the preseason opener. And believe me, he's in good spirits. I mean, he's happy in New York. Um, he talks about he can't wait to come back to Philly. You know, he oh, was really? saying, so, yeah. So, I mean, but to be honest with you, like, that was probably the most pleasant Ben Simmons I've been around in, like, two years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had, he, he's overcome a lot, right? We all know that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at the same time, he just seems like someone who's enjoying life right now. And, and when you look at it, he has great tools. The, the play with in regards to players. So he, he's excited. He's excited. So would you say there was like a sense of relief when you talked to him of like not being on that side anymore? Um, You, you can say that. I mean, but also I, I feel like when he looks at, there's a sense of relief, but, 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 but I think more so, you know, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, like the Sixers, the Sixers needed Ben Simmons to score for them to be an effective and impactful. Like he had to get out of his comfort zone. And right now, initially, at least in Brooklyn, you know, you have a lot of other guys that do that. I mean, you have KD, you have uh, uh, Kyrie. And and whereas if Ben start taking shots, they're going to be like, look, bro, like this ain't what you came here for. Just give me the rock, grab some rebounds and defend. So initially, and the reason why I'm saying initially, because somebody's going to force them to shoot after a while. But initially, I, I just feel like that's a better spot for him. Whereas with the Sixers, he would have to do some scoring in order for them to be uh, impactful and be effective. Okay, now that we got that out the way, let's talk about the actual Sixers (laughs) roster. James Harden, it clearly can't wait to get started. What have you noticed 
from him in the preseason? You know what? Uh, you know, it, the preseason is really kind of hard to gauge him right about now. I mean, you, you see him, you know, doing certain things. Um, you know, everybody's talking about he had his he, he regained his explosiveness and he's better, but not. You know, it's just hard to figure that out when teams are going like in most cases, guys of his stature go eighty percent in the preseason. So I, I think we'll get a true test you know, when they play the Celtics to see what he can do. Now, the one thing that I will say um, differently is like you hear a lot about James Harden in regards to being not a team guy, you know what I mean, about him being himself. But I will say that, you know, he's uh, turning into be the leader of this team. You know, he's the guy that's organizing the team functions. I mean, he's paying for the younger players to go out and, and, and eat with them. So, you know, I mean, you know, hang out with them and do certain things. So, He's really been impressive from, from that standpoint this preseason. Well, Keith, here's the thing. I mean, we're all waiting for James to do his thing, but he looks like he's lost a little bit of that. that, that, that I, didn't even, I can't even call it baby fat because he's far from a baby. Yeah. Been in the league. But, I mean, is there a noticeable change in, in what he looks like up close physically? And if so, my question then becomes, what the hell took him so damn long? I mean, I guess it's one of those things he, he did do that, but I guess it's one of those things where you got to get booed and you got to have that people start doubting you. Now, and the thing is, like, when you see him, like, that photo that they had of him, there is a noticeable difference. Yeah. But it's not like, to per se, a lot, a huge weight loss. He's more chiseled. He's lean. He's cut up. You know, things like that. I mean, his body looks good. Um, but... I think like he talked about how bad the last two years were and how disappointed he was and, and how like, you know, people doubt him and, and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I look at him and, and it, I guess he's motivated because guys like, you know, Gary Washburn, uh, Sherrod and, and, and uh, uh, you know, the rest of you guys all doubted him. Now, the lady here is a lady, so she didn't doubt him. But I don't doubt anyone. No, Keith, this is what I said about Hart. I doubt that he steps away from the dinner table. That's what I no, doubted. I can't. That's what I doubt. No, this is what I said about Harden. <laughs> this whole, he, Mahatma Gandhi, Desmond Tutu, for giving the Sixers <laughs> back some money so they could sign P.J. Tucker is, is garbage. That fool literally opted out of $47 million for one year, so he could sign 68 over two. So even if Look at that with, saving, a player, with a player option for next year, so even if he's trash, Keith, he gets his 34 million. And he acted like, oh, I don't get no credit for sacrificing yeah, all the money so they could sign. I'm a tilted team guy. Like, dude, that's a that's a hustle. That's a Philly hustle. Like you knew that Keith, he was writing that story, and he was like, "This fool ain't get, this fool ain't doing nothing no favorites for the Sixers. He giving, he getting more money in the back end. If he opt, if he has a great year, he could opt out and then sign another max. Like, like if it was a team option, I would say, damn, James, you did give some money up. This fool is trying to preach the narrative that he really did the Sixers a favor." When all he has to do, even if he has a bad season, is opt in and he still gets 34 million more dollars. Like for me, that's the thing. Like I am 
a James Harden guy. Like, I'm not a big fan, but I do think he's capable of more when he, than what he gave the Sixers last year. And I do think he still has some gas in his tank. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, especially against the Celtics on Tuesday, and just how he navigates this season when there's no more excuses. It's not, well, it's a new system. It's a new coach. Uh, I just came over. I wasn't playing. Oh, I had a hamstring. Like, there's no, it's, it's just like Kyrie. Ain't no excuses, bro. Like, if you don't ball up, this means that you're just, you're running out of gas. So I just want to see James uh, race uh, and shut up all the doubters and people who think that he's overweight and out of shape. And he's just, he's on the back end of his career by putting in a great year. And then if he does, he'll opt out and then he'll get a Mad Max contract and he'll leave, he can leave the Sixers. Like, that's the thing. How are we doing the Sixers a favor? But because he's saving some money for the Gary's moment. Gary's been mad about this since he, July. For I just Gary, couldn't believe. Gary, if you are I get it on Harden's side, but he tried to put the narrative out there that this fool was Nelson Mandela or something for how much he did for his like franchise. Like, no, dude, you didn't. You didn't have a player option. Solid, Gary. But Gary, you got to understand something too, though. A lot of times, it's how the question is asked. If somebody says, "Hey, do you feel like?" nobody's recognizing you and you say, yeah. And then you go on, then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things where sometimes we can phrase something a certain way. And then all of a sudden we get a headline out of it. Not saying that happened, but he was asked that question. The one concern I have y'all about Harden and, and Harden is a smart guy because he got 21 extra million out of it. But the one thing, the concern I have is, you know, right about now, you know, Doc Rivers really wants you know, he y'all saw the video where he said there's no democracy, right? The video where it's going to be all about post up to Joel. It's all going to be about pick and rolls. The difference is Joel is not really a roller. He's more of a pick and popper, right? But he likes popping in the same space that James Harden is in, right? And then also the post ups, they're like probably one of the worst teams in the league with entry passes to the post up. Yeah. My biggest concern with James Harden and the rest of them right now is what if the Sixers get out to a bad start? Joel, the pick and roll isn't really working and they can't find the post. Are they going to like basically say, yo, Doc, we love you, bro, but this ain't working. We got to do something different. So that's something that we got to pay attention to with the Sixers, especially with James having the ball, because he's going to say, look, man, I'm used to getting mine. I got a lot of players here who fit my style of play, right? So if this ain't isn't working, I'd rather feed Maxi and then do my step back and get my buckets. So to me, that's the big story to pay attention to. Now, again, of course, he has to look more like the James Harden of old in order for that to work. But I'm telling you, if this thing doesn't work out with this pick and roll and those post-ups with Joel, I'm not saying I just I just think that they're going to go to plan B a little bit. The players would. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. He's like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Right. Like, I'm like, I ain't picked the Sixers to go to the finals. Like, y'all, Keith, Keith gonna walk away. Like, I ain't, I ain't say nothing. If, my like, name is Paul, and that's between y'all. Like, Keith don't want nothing, nothing to do if, if the ship sinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get more into that, because I do want to talk about Joel Embiid as well, we want to talk about one of our teammates here on the A-List podcast, Embiid. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Indeed Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes match the job description, which as you all know, that's usually not the case when people are applying for jobs. When you sponsor an Indeed post in the US, you're actually three times more likely to get a hire according to Indeed data. So all you have to do, if you're looking to hire for your business, you can actually start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post on Indeed.com slash A-list. You can claim that $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash A-list. Need to hire, you need Indeed. And Embiid starts with Indeed. So let's talk about him. How's in, <laughs> in the off season? I'm so corny. I don't understand. That was bad. <laughs> Even for you, Kwani, that was bad. I know. I need to do better. I'll do better this season. Here I am. Keep it moving, Kwani. You good. Keep rolling. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Keith, how has Embiid been looking? It's been pretty quiet in the off season. We haven't really heard as many rumblings about him. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a good. It's a great thing. I mean, because when he's not on social media and stuff like that, that's a great thing. You know, Embiid played in. I guess the equivalent of one game over four. I mean, he played three quarters, two and a half quarters worth of action in the in the last preseason game. But then he played a quarter or a little bit, and I say two quarters, a half in the second one. So he probably played a little over a game. But but um, you know, he's you know, it's, it's one of those things where Embiid had surgery this off season. Um, we we also know he had to let his eye heal from getting uh. Uh, over a bone fracture. So this offseason has really been rest and recovery for him. You know, he hasn't been, like the last couple of years, he came back in the best shape of his career. You know, right now he's like gradually getting it in there and, and putting in a lot of time, you know, in the gym. But, um, you know, it to me, I, I think that this year is going to be different for all of them just because they have so many new teammates and they have to learn his system. And he's not a pick and roll type of guy, but that's what Doc wants him to do. And he also wants him to pop. Um, I, I still think that MB can be the most dominant center in the league. You know, it, it's just that, you know, right about now is he just has to learn, you know, a, a couple of different things like and, and excel in the pick and roll. Well, here's the thing about 
Joel. Um, I think you're right, Keith. I, I, I think that what Doc is trying to do, he's trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And that typically don't work. Um, how big is this? Again, from the outside looking at it, it feels like this is a make or break season for Doc. Uh, okay. Considering this is year number three and they haven't been able to get out past the conference semis. Nah, I mean, think about this, y'all. So we, we talk about Brett Brown, right? So everybody talks about the, the process and how they were tanking and everything like that, right? Brett Brown's last three seasons, he won 52 games, he won 51 games, and then they won like they won 46 and 30 in the bubble, right? Yeah. The first two years, they lost in the second round. They lost to the Celtics. Then they lost to Kawhi in the second round with the seven-bounce shot, right? And then the Celtics swept them. They got rid of Brett Brown. You look at the Sixers, they've been doing the same stuff, winning a bunch of games in the regular season and losing in the second round under Doc. And when you, you're right about a make-or-break season, like you can, you can argue about what you say about this team, but right now on paper, you have two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers and Embiid and Harden, right? And then you have a guy in, in Tyrese Maxey who's arguably one of the top players like 23 years and younger in the league, right? You have the yeah. six, a former six man in the year and Montrez Harrell, and you have a bunch of three and D's now. This is the deepest Sixers team that they've had since 2000, since I've been on the beat, 2013, 14. So if Doc doesn't do something serious, um, with all that pressure and all the hype that the 76ers are receiving right now, you're definitely right. He's going to be out of here because James isn't going. Uh, Joel isn't going. Daryl Morey isn't going. So it's going to have to be Doc Rivers to go. And, and like, I don't think that the Sixers right now are as good as the hype that they're receiving. I think Boston is better. I think Milwaukee is better. I think if Brooklyn gets his act together, they could also be better. And that doesn't bode well for the Sixers because of the hype that they had. You know what I mean? So I think that when in that instance, it's going to be Doc, you know, unfortunately for him. But if someone has to go, like Brett Brown left, it's going to be the coach. You mentioned how talented the East is. With that being said, what do you think is the realistic expectation for the Sixers with all this talent? You know, that's a great, that's a great, great, great question. Um, I, I think to me, and, and y'all know me, I keep it 100. I mean, Always. I think, I think they can win. I think they can win 50 something games, right? I think they can. Um, but I don't see them getting out of the second round. I mean, I think in the regular season, they're going to be hovering around number three. Um, I, I think, and, and, and to me, that's contingent on what, Brooklyn team we see like if Brooklyn can come out and ball out and play I think the Sixers are going to slide to number four but I also think that the Sixers can't beat any of those three teams Brooklyn Boston and Milwaukee in the seven game series I just don't see it I mean now again James Harden may find the fountain of youth and 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 if he does that then all of a sudden is a different story but when I'm looking at this team the Sixers have you know, they have P.J. Tucker, who's older. They have a lot of other guys. But a lot, but, but this, these other teams, I mean, coming in, but these other teams, their core players have been around for a while. You know, and, and, let's, and you can look at Milwaukee. Like if Milwaukee started the playoffs now, you're saying, look, they're banged up. 
but we're talking about seven months from now. So I'm looking at the 76ers, and I think that they're going to be a team that's going to be very good in the in the regular season. But when the playoffs come, it's going to be the same ending because I just don't think they have the horses that these other teams have to get out of the second round. And let's face it, y'all. Y'all know the NBA. Everybody's going to ask Doc about, yo, you haven't been out of the second round since you left Boston. Mm -hmm. Yo, Joel, you've never been out of the second round. Yo, James, you struggle in the playoffs. So I, I think it's, it's just going to be a tough situation for the six. What the key? I think the key key is Tobias Harris. I just think he's a guy that he's always given the Celtics issues when he's on, but he's the fourth option on his team now, which to That's me a lot of money for your number four. Yeah, but that means they're a very deep team because of Maxi's emergence. Sherrod, like how much water is in that damn jug? Anyway, Wait, I got water because of him. <laughs> she got like a 12 ounce and Sherrod got a 40. I'm all hydrated. No sponsors, anyway, no sponsors yet. Sherrod got a 40 ounce of water. <laughs> but to me, Harris is a guy who defenses shouldn't have to, can't focus on him because he's the fourth option and he can score. He's big. He can post up when he's on. He's just, it just seems like, and you can speak to this, Keith, when, when Harden got there, he kind of phased out, right? I mean, it just seemed like Harden's presence, he was the one that was most adversely affected by Harden coming on. Do you think that changes this year? Do you think them playing a training camp together and practice makes any difference? Not based off what I've seen in these preseason games. I mean, you know, it was it was crazy because, see, the, the problem with t the whole Tobias thing is, you know, typically in the past when they start staggering their lineups, they would have Tobias and Maxie like basically running with the second unit. And that's when everybody would spread the floor and let Tobias go. Now, there was a preseason game where Tobias only had five shots. He had four in the first half and he didn't have any in the second. And you look at it in the first half, um, Joel, um, uh, Tyrese Maxey, and Harden all were up in the teams where Tobias was wide open in the corner. And it was like, hey, I'm over here. Hey, hey. And they were like, nah, bro, you ain't in it. Like, it was kind of like they were playing buddy ball in a way, right? And then you had PJ setting picks, and Tobias was on his lonesome in the corner. Now, what happens is, in the past, it was like they would put Tobias in there with the backups. And the backups were like role, role players where they knew if they didn't get Tobias the ball, they were probably coming out. Now you got Tobias, you got Montrez, you got all these other dudes who in there like, yo, bruh, we trying to get our buckets too. So yeah. then next thing you know, Tobias isn't the type of guy, he's a power for it. He's an athletic power for it. So he really isn't handling. So with that being said, man, I'm sorry. Like, I know what you're saying, but they're going to have to consciously get Tobias the ball, and who knows, things may change up. But from what I'm seeing, it's more like dudes are out there trying to eat. Like, you got a lot of guys in the last year of their deal, they're trying to get paid, and they're like, look, Tobias, we love you, bro, but you're making $37.6 million a year. We would love to get some of that paper. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I, I don't see it, man. Like, He's not getting a lot of shots. 
he's not getting a lot of shots on this team right now. That's a lot of cheddar for your number four option. My goodness. Look, is there anyone on the roster that you think people should keep their eye on this season? You know, oh, the, 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 no, no, that's cool. The one guy that I, I think that has, who could have a, a solid year for him is um, DeAnthony Melton. Like, you know, DeAnthony Melton is a guy who the knock on him is when he grew up in California, he was like a 6'3 power forward. In, in high school and he goes to USC and he tries to learn the guard position. So his knock is like his handle isn't tight the way you want it to be as far as a guard. So that's one weakness, but as far as like defensive tenacity, you know, he brings that he's like up in your grill. Now he can shoot a three. It's so other parts of his game that he needs to work on. But from what I see, when you have him being paired with Harden or Maxi. It's kind of like, you know, he's the lead dog right there on the defensive end, and they really like him. He's also the backup point guard right now, so he goes in there and, and he's distributing the rock. So he's really stood out to me the most of any of their new guys, and that's even more than, you know, P.J. Tucker. Nothing against him, but it just seems like, you know, Melton's role is, is just more offensive and, and then also – He's he's a he's a dog on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. So Keith, we we talked about Tobias, we talked about Joel. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Doc, though, man, because I, I want to let that, that go. Because Doc, I mean, you know, he's he's tenth all time winning as coach in NBA history. He he got a chip in Boston, and there's there's a segment of basketball fans who thinks because of those past accomplishments, he gets a pass today, uh, gets a little bit more runway to work with than another coach. Do you get any sense that Doc is reacting or responding or feeling some of that, that added scrutiny that comes when you haven't quite met the expectations that so many within and outside your organization have? I haven't, you know, I, I'm, so far this season, I haven't, but again, this is the preseason. But if you would have asked me that last year and the year before, yeah, in the playoffs. I mean, because I also felt that Doc felt like, okay, I came here. I got to get this culture together. I got a point guard in Ben Simmons. And I'm I'm not speaking for Doc, but I'm just saying, you know, like I got a point guard in, in Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot the ball, but I got to keep him engaged. You know, I felt like Doc felt like he had a lot of pro a lot of issues he had to deal with. And then now, you know, you got the James thing of last year, you're trying to get things together. So thus far, I haven't felt that. But I do believe that, you know, they're going to go through a rough patch this season. And he's going to probably see after these seven games where this seems this team stands. And if they're not to the level he thinks, yeah, I think it's going to reemerge a little bit, you know, because you know, like, you know, Doc, unfortunately, Doc Rivers isn't the one that's putting this roster together. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and but but at the same time, he's the coach. And 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 let's face it, he hasn't gotten out of the second round since Boston. So if they struggle and if they lose games, you know, people are going to say it's the coach. And the one thing I will say about Doc Rivers is that he's kind of like in the bad in, in the wrong city. And, and what I mean by that is his nickname is Doc. Everybody calls Doc, Dr. J. 
So you have certain people saying, we don't want to call him Doc, we're going to call him Glenn. And they do, they call him Glenn. And, and then there's other people who are saying like, dude, you, you, you're a former coach of the Celtics. Like maybe in Boston, people don't, people think of the Lakers, but in Philly it's kind of sort of like, they hate the Celtics. So you got this Celtics coach here, even though it's like 10 plus years removed, that's how it is in Philly. So I do believe he's going to start feeling that pressure, man, because it's, when they lose, they're not going to say James Harden lost a step. They're not going to say Joel refused to, to roll to the basket. They're going to say, what was Doc doing? Why did he keep them out there? Uh, well, before we move on to the matchup itself, I want to talk about betonline.ag, as we've talked about on this podcast many times. As you know, the NFL has hit week seven, so NFL fully back in swing, but of course, NBA tips off very soon. So BetOnline is your number one source for all of those betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, et cetera, on BetOnline. As your continued source for all your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bets, sports events, bet, MLB, MMA, any sport you can think of, BetOnline has you covered. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. If you haven't done that at this point, the NBA season is the perfect way to get your feet in the water and get started. You can use our promo code CLNS50 for that 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's CLNS50. Bet online where the games start. And now we talk about the game itself. Well, let's talk about the Celtics before we get into the actual matchup. Jason Tatum has continued to incre- increase his game on a regular basis. But what do you guys think about this season for him? What do you think Jason Tatum needs to do this season? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The big, the big thing with Jason is consistency. Uh, he's proven himself to be an elite scorer. He, he's a much improved passer. His rebounding is solid. His defense is solid. But packaging all that together and doing it with consistency—that's to me, that's that's what's keeping him from being uh, a top five MVP candidate versus being a really good player in the league. I think. I mean, Jason got to do a lot. Like to me, like Gary's not impressed. No, no, I'm impressed. Okay. okay. But 
coming off that playoff series, coming off getting locked down by Andrew Wiggins and basically not helping your team in the fourth quarter of a couple of NBA finals games and being where you just kind of gave up and you were just getting frustrated. Like you got a lot to prove, like, you know, it's, it's all with them. This is when the money counts and you want to be that elite top five player. And let's be honest, his, his contract is not coming up soon, soon, but it's going to get, it's coming up. And he makes 37 million in the final year of that contract. He's going to opt out of that, obviously. That's laughable money now for a player of his caliber, right? He's going to want 55 or whatever the max is. So he got to start playing like it. I'm not talking about he doesn't play like it or he, nothing like that. But he got to be like, try to more consistent, more on the court. Stop complaining to referees about calls. Get back on defense. Hit the key three. Or don't settle for threes. Attack the rim. Get to the free throw line. Use your left hand. The Warriors basically dared him to drive left in the finals, and he didn't do it. He was trying to do something else. Did he work on that? We saw him in the streets. We saw him at Draymond's wedding. We saw Jason doing his thing. You know, was Jason in the lab? That's what I want to know. I'm not saying he wasn't in the lab. I wasn't with him all summer, you know, but – what was Jason doing? Was he in the lab working, watching the finals over and over again, watching those matchups, seeing what those defense did? Like, that's what I think I need. To, I need to see a more cerebral game from Jason Tatum now. The physical skills are there. We all know that. It's his sixth season. This is when you enter your prime prime, right? This is when the greats become great. That fit this, and some of them even before that. I mean, obviously, like LeBron by – in the sixth season was already a top five, easy top two or three player in the league. You know, Kobe was Kobe. By the time Kobe was Jason's age, he had already won um, three championships. So if Jason wants to be on that top 20 all time player level, if he wants to be a great one, he's going to need to take a major step forward and be more consistent, a better leader. And I'm not saying he's a bad leader, but just more vocal leader and lead by example. Stop yelling at the refs. Stop getting texts. Stop putting your hands up when 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 the when the Sixers are running their when Maxie's running the break because you thought you got fouled. Like no man. Like save that for a timeout. Like I need to see more from Jason than he's given. But I think he's capable of that. I think he could be a great one of the all time great players, one of the all time great Celtics. I mean, it is set up for him. Jalen played this preseason like he got something to prove. Like he, like he mad. Like he, like he waiting for payday. Like he Johnny Kemp. Like he just got paid. Like he just, I mean, he literally played with, with pissed, pissed off. Jalen played like y'all don't think I'm an all-star. All right. Jalen played with an attitude this pre. You can see it. Like Jason kind of. Jason kind of eased in, well, oh, let me shoot my three. So I didn't see much out of Jason in the preseason. Jalen, I saw something out of. I'm, I don't got no words about Jason. Jalen, Jason is the one I think takes his, has to take his game to a next level. It's already there. It's a high level. Yeah. But we talk about Harden. You talk about these guys that are got all the endorsements, but ain't won no chip. That's Jason. He's in that neighborhood of Harden and those guys, Westbrook. And I'm talking about now Westbrook. I'm talking about Oklahoma. It's like, hey, you a great player, but where's 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 the hardware? And I'm as it's it's not, but Jason been to the conference finals. Now he's been to the finals. What's next? Because you want to be 
all time great. You want you know, obviously if everything works out, his number's going to be retired at the guard and all that. Then this is the season he needs to step through and break out into it being a top five player. Uh, that like a lot of pressure is on him. Let me hear what Keith has to say. You know, Gary, you sound like a coach when they cut somebody. It's kind of like you criticizing yeah. them. Then you come back and like, but he's a great player. Like, yeah, son, if you... You're going to help that man get a job after we, after we no. take his job away. Well, come on, yeah. man. No, nah, no. Nah. The okay. finals, he got exposed. And I'm not... We saw it in, in, in part. We saw, like, the he finals... Hurt, Gary. He he, if he plays, If he plays 75% of his capability in the finals, the Celtics win the championship. He played uh, like 50. Well, he, he, he got hurt, shut Gary. down by Andrew Wiggins. And he should have been it now. I'm not saying don't go into the yeah. publics, don't no, party. No, no, I'm just listen, bro. Like what you said is cool. I'm just saying, like, you you criticize. No, I'm, I'm not great. I don't but then you I am coach. back like, don't worry, little Johnny. <laughs> if you shoot 300 foul shots a day, you might that's right, it. little Johnny. You know what I mean? One of those. So, like, so look. Now, we're, 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 like from the outside looking in, like I'm looking at this guy, he's 23 years old. You know, he had a career year last year. To me, we all know he can score points. We, we all know he can do a lot of other things. To me, for him to be the MVP of the league, it will mean like the most valuable player to the, to the Celtics, in my opinion. And I think that's where he has to be. Like, I, I think that too much when I've seen him play, and again, I'm not I'm not an expert on him. I haven't seen him a lot. But in the games that I saw him, like when his shot is going down, everything's great. But if his shot isn't going down, I have yet to see him be one of those players who can still make his team better when the stuff isn't going right for him. So for me, it's like and again, again, this is just a little bit of me seeing him playing against the Sixers. So to me, I would think that for him, just being more of an all-around player. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there are certain times where there are certain elite players who they just don't have it that night. But at the same time, he's a smart guy, a high basketball IQ. But sometimes I think for him, it's just being more of a distributor and things like that when certain things aren't working for you. But again, 23 years old, right? He was a first-team All-NBA, right? He, he had career high in assists, uh, rebounds, points. I believe he shot 35% on three. You know what I mean? So the guy can play it, but it's just, you can tell that he's used to always being the man on his teams. He was the number one scorer. Everything he did, it went from him. And I just think that sometimes, you know, everybody don't have to be the Michael Jordan. Sometimes you may have to be LeBron James in order for your team to win. So he just needs to sprinkle that in and really be the most valuable player on the Celtics for him to be the MVP. Damn, Keith, now I want to make me want to go out there and play. That's motivational. Right. Damn. <laughs> Damn, let's go. Damn. I got a bunch of little Johnny's on my team. <laughs> when you, when your next motivational speech? When you coming to, when you coming to Boston for your life coach? A life coach. I know. Damn, Keith, you got a second career, man. I'm, I'm all fired up. Everybody gonna line up and book him after the game. I know, man. Woo. <laughs> I'm ready to go. This is why we love having you on, though. You always give that outside perspective because it is easy being in Boston to just be caught up in what we see on a regular basis. So it's good to to hear what the other people are thinking. 
What do you Gary think? Gary just killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring some positivity with Gary. Gary going to the party with the shovel. Ready to bury folks. <laughs> oh, man. I just think a lot's expected day, of Tatum. A lot is, is expected of Tatum For because sure. he's a very talented player. And yeah. no one, I, 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 I'm good with Jason. He's a great kid. I, I like him. You know, got to know him pretty good over the last few years. He has got all the tools. We all know that. But you want to be up there with the birds and the parishes and the McHales and the Russells and all that and the, and the Pierces and Garnets. This is your time. Yeah, you sound like that, like like the guy that's counseling on parent teacher conference. We trying to try to make my kid sound like he's really good. He gonna go to college. Smart kid, but he's not good. You can't go into college. Right. Just gotta get up that B average. <laughs> He's so annoying. You can go to college, Johnny. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> Keith, we know that Jason and Jalen are clearly the stars on the Celtics team, but are there any non-starters that Philly fans have talked about or are worried about from the Celtics team? Non-starters? Or even starters. Well, star, you know, the, the one guy who I like a lot is, is, is Malcolm Brock. Mm, I mean, I Barack like him. Obama. I like him a lot. I mean, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, he's a guy that's always been kind of sort of underrated, you know, but the thing about him is that I like, I think is a, I, honestly, I think that's a very underrated free agent pickup because what he does is, you know, he's a leader on the court, but also he can, you know, he can play D too. He can bring the offense. He can play D. I know he has an in injury history, but when I look at that one and, and I'll, you know, find out, you know, see tomorrow or, or talk to you guys what it looks like. But I just think he makes them a whole lot deeper. You know what I mean? And and, and then I also like the fact that him and, um, and, and Jalen have a relationship or they had a relationship beforehand because that makes the process a little bit smoother when you when you come into a new team. But yeah. to me, I, I think that that pickup is huge. Um, I wanted the Sixers to trade for him. I wrote a column about it. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote, I mean, I wanted the Sixers to trade for him. I, I felt like he would, he would, I mean, honestly, I felt like he would have helped them in the postseason, right? Um, but now I'm looking at him at Boston and I'm saying to myself, like, yo, y'all remember that movie? I forget the name of it that Adam Sandler had. And at the end of the day, the Celtics got the guy the Sixers should have got gotten. Hey, what was the movie? Yeah. It came out this summer. Um, yeah. Hustle. Yeah, yeah hustle. Oh, and yeah. like, you know, I feel like, like, yo, I hope this yeah. don't turn in. Now, again, he's not a primetime guy. But at the same time, you look at the Sixers roster. They don't have a pure point guard. They don't have a point guard. They got a bunch of two guards out there. And it's just that I feel like he makes Boston better. And and he's gonna, you know, he he could stand in the way for what the Sixers really want to do. Again, not an all star. Yeah, we're not saying that, but I just like him and I like that pickup. He has a domino effect on on the Celtics in a positive way. I mean, mm -hmm. when he's on the floor, he gives them the ability to have another playmaker that's not Marcus Smart. So Marcus Smart can lock in on defense and not have to worry about being the, the primary playmaker, which makes Marcus a more potent defender. Uh, in the preseason games, I thought Marcus looked so much more like a defensive player of the year 
than he did during the season because he's balancing the two worlds, being an elite defender, making sure everyone where they're supposed to be defensively, while also running the offense as a primary uh, initiator of the offense. And he doesn't have that same workload with Malcolm around, who can take pressure on all those levels off his shoulders a little bit and still be impactful. And people forget that. You know, it was only a couple years ago, Malcolm was a 50-40-90 guy. So don't act like my man can't shoot and get buckets and score efficiently. Uh, he's proven he can do that. So I, I, I keep that's that he's one that I, I think in the grand scheme of things, when all said and done, he's probably going to be the guy that puts the Celtics over the top if they have an over the top season. They get back to the finals. I think you look at what are the keys, and I think Malcolm will be one of the more noticeable primary keys to them getting back to the finals. I think predictions are dumb, and yet I always ask for them. So, who do you think wins game one? <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. Well, I think it's hey, Carmelo a, I mean, ain't playing, so you can't pick. You can't go with Melo. Melo ain't on the team yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the spread is only two point five, so it's going to be. I think it's a tight game. Philadelphia is always giving the Celtics fits, especially Embiid. Embiid gets to that free throw line, but I think the Celtics win by three or four points, like you know, one ten, one oh six. I think that they play. They get the emotion from the Bill Russell night. I think that's a that does play a factor. These uniforms. I don't know if we want to talk about these uniforms. They about yes. to. Rock tomorrow, the Milwaukee Bucks Celtics uniforms. Oh, no. I mean, you know, but it's okay. They look okay, but they just run out of ideas. They need to get a real, like, fashion person to design these uniforms because they, I didn't see enough alternate uniforms over the last 10 years plus on this beat. It's, it's running out. But I think the real Russell Knight, they'll be motivated. I think they understand how fast they have to start. And I think that the Philly, as Keith said, Philly has – they're playing with a lot of new guys. It's their first game all together. So I think that gives us an advantage that they've all been together except Brogdon. But you got, like you said, De'Anthony Melton, my, our, our favorite, our favorite, my man, man Montrizzle Harrell. Um, they, although he Montrizzle. gives us stuff – Montrizzle, that's how it's spelled. That's how I say it. But Montrezl Harrell, he always gives us Celtics fits to the paint, especially last year when he was in Washington – he, he, he can definitely not offensive rebound category, but I do think the, the Sixers kind of play like it's their first game and the Celtics play like let's hit, let's punch first. And I do think the Celtics prevail, but I think it's a very good game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's 35 and 15 from MB. Okay, we're putting scores out there. He really bold. <laughs> Didn't you say the Sixers at one where at first you said the Sixers win by three? No, no, I said they. Two, I said they uh, two and a half point favorites to Celtics, so it's gonna be a close game. Oh, okay. I'm just checking. Uh can I can I go if you're right? You got it, Keith. My man, you're I think, I think the Celtics are gonna win as well. I mean, I know you're saying it's been close, but um and, and it it has been, but a lot of those times it, it's been the MB dominating game, you know what I mean? And and so like he had to dominate. What I'm looking at it is right now, I, I just think that what Gary said. The Sixers just have too many new faces, and 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 you you can't like replicate that now and in two preseason games, and they didn't even play two full preseason games. I think that with this being Bill Russell night, you know, I don't care if it was the the um, the Golden State Warriors coming to town. I feel like Boston would win. I think that that's going to be an electric place. This is the first game of the of the season uh, overall NBA. It's going to be on national TV, and I feel like everyone's going to be hyped up. And um, 
let's face it, you know, Embiid is a is one of those guys that people love booing. And I feel like people are going to get in there. They're going to get drunk. They're going to talk about some of the fans. They're going to have a, a, a great time. And, and I just feel like it's going to be a Sixers loss. I, I feel like they're just not going to have enough. And then when we look at it, nothing against James and, and PJ and them. They're new guys. But I, I just feel like if Boston is cooking, that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and you got Malcolm Brogdon, and then you also have Marcus Smart, I, I don't see the Sixers having four perimeter-type players who can match up with them. I just don't see it. And I feel like Boston's going to win this game. Well, I, I agree with both of you that I, I do think Boston will win, but I don't think it'll be nearly as close as you guys think it'll be. I, I think Boston will win going away. I don't care whether it's Bill Russell Knight, Nipsey Russell Knight. I don't care. The Celtics are the better team. And when you combine the fact that they're the better team with the fact that the Sixers are going to be going through those early season growing pains because they've got so many new faces who haven't really developed the kind of chemistry that you know they're going to have in December and January uh, that they will not have in October and November, it just it just seems like so ripe for them to suffer a pretty bad loss. And to the point I think Gary made earlier, the Celtics are going to come back with a, a little, they're going to come out a little bit more motivated than usual simply because they, re they realized what happened last year where they just kind of sleepwalked through the first early portion of the season, played 500 basketball, and when it came time to get to the end, near the end of the season, you're not able to have that. What, what I think may have been a difference in that, that Golden State series, and that's home court advantage. You blew that, by the way. You, you didn't blow that in, like, April and March. You blew that in October, November, and December when you played 500 basketball. They don't want to make that same mistake again. Uh, and so that's why, again, I, I expect them to win by double digits. I don't think it's going to be that close. I like that. And, Gary, we can't. The thing is, the thing is <laughs> does Kwani know who Nipsey Russell is? You said, don't... I thought you said Nipsey Hustle. I know no. she did. No. Like, so here I was misinterpreting. <laughs> it was still kind of funny, though. <laughs> wow, really? He, they do this thing where when I don't understand a reference, they just start drinking water. Because she's too young, then she starts so drinking young. water. So, as you can imagine, Keith, we stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> stay hydrated, because I never understand what they're Nipsey, saying. Nipsey Russell was a was a comedian. Great, you got to just Google his name. All right, Nipsey, he played in the Wiz, the original Wiz, the Black yeah. Wiz, not the Wizard of Oz. He was the He played the Tin yeah. Man. Oh, the Tin Man. Oh, okay. Michael him. Jackson was a Scarecrow. My bad. Yeah, Michael Jackson Scarecrow. So, yeah. That's how kind of Nipsey Hussle got his name, Nipsey Russell. Sense. Yeah, people wow. don't really, yeah. I'm a big fan of Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. I love Nipsey Hussle, so I ain't funny him. Him. But yeah, it, but I'd say Nipsey Russell, mate. <laughs> I can't stand that. I did that for you, Gary. That's one of your best lines. I can't on that one. <laughs> but Keith, I don't know if you got a chance to see the City Edition jerseys. It is in honor of Bill Russell. The font is from his famously previously owned Slade's restaurant. There are 11 gold diamonds embroidered throughout it in honor of the championships that he's won. There was a lot of thought into the symbolism of the jersey. There is a lot of slack on social media because it's giving Milwaukee bucks. It looks exactly like their jerseys in some ways, but I liked it. I didn't really think that much into it. I just, the fact that it represented Bill Russell and was honoring him. Of course, the game, the first game is going to honor Bill Russell, and they'll have a second one on his birthday, a second honorary night in February as well. But I agree with all of you. I think the the emotions behind the game, I think, add 
a lot more. And the, the Celtics know at this point they can't lose this game. Not. Well, they can. They, they can. can. But they, they should lose. But they should not. For if they they were, game six of the Eastern Finals. Oh, they can't lose. They coming home to close out the heat, and they lost. Jimmy Butler went for forty seven. So don't say they know. They know they can lose. If they That's in the words of a, a, a Celtics, great. Be, Anything is possible. But if they lose, Gary's column gonna be like they need to get a new interim coach. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this dude ain't working. Where Nipsey Russell, Russell at when you need him? Where Nipsey Russell at? You see that Nipsey, Nipsey Russell dude. <laughs> Nipsey Russell night. I can't. <laughs> Let's quickly go to Golden State, though. They've been pretty busy in the offseason. Andrew Wiggins getting money. Jordan Poole got some money as well. What do you, one, with the Jordan Poole situation, what do you guys think Jordan Poole's extension means for Draymond? Bye bye. Yeah, go, Key. Bye bye bye. I don't know about that. Yo, but look, I'm gonna say this. Can I? I don't mean it. I don't mean to get. Um, I don't mean to like switch it up a little bit. Let's but like, see. all of us grew up in like some similar type neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So here's the deal. It was always that one dude that played around all the time and had an attitude, right? So whenever yeah. he walked up on somebody, everybody took two steps back and said, "Stop playing, man! Right. Stop playing!" So when Draymond walked up on the ball. You should have stood well, two steps back and said, "Stop playing, man." Am I right? Because he got, he got hit. Now look, I don't look. Listen, man. The thing about it, everybody say it means Draymond's bye bye. It mm-hmm. could be like after the season, but let's yeah. keep it one hundred. If that team is winning, right? And mm-hmm. it, and it always been that thing where we always see how stuff gets swept under the rug a little bit, right? And then all of a sudden, it's Forget. like, "Yeah, Draymond, we love you." When we we get in championships, because at the end of the day, we can say all we want about Draymond, but coaches always tell you in football and basketball, we need some rugged dudes. We need some dudes that's not afraid to get in somebody's face and not afraid to do something. Because if not, if you take him off there, they got a lot of nice guys on that team and he brings it to it. So I know a lot of people saying Draymond is out of here, this and that. But think about it. No one got upset out of that camp until TMZ posted that video. Before that, it was like, nah, it's nothing to see here. You know, they just got into a little thing. And then we see the ball getting decked, right? But before that, no one said anything. So I'm not of the belief it could happen, but I'm not of the belief that they're going to let them go. Now, I do think the reason why these guys are getting paid is because somebody upstairs realizes that. The, the stars that they have now are getting older and they need somebody to carry on the tradition because let's face it for a while, they the, uh, the core was getting paid and everybody else was going to other teams. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. But I honestly believe that Draymond, he's not the best player, but at the same time, they love that tenacity. It gets on their nerves when he's barking at them, but at the same time, Draymond is part of the reason why they won the championship with him getting in people's grill in Boston. He's, I mean, he, I agree with you, Keith, but I, I don't think it's going to be because him not being wanted by Golden State. I just think that Draymond is going to eventually be a free agent and can demand more money than Golden State is willing to pay. That I think is, I think that's more likely to happen. I mean, for example, I look at a team like the Detroit Pistons. 
who are going to have a boatload of money available just around the same time that Draymond could potentially be a free agent. You telling me that Troy Weaver wouldn't try to bring his boy back to Detroit to the D? Yeah, he tried, but you think Draymond going to go there? I think if I things think don't the work way. out in Golden State, if they start, if they take a noticeable step back this season, yeah, I do think it can happen. Now, obviously, if they win another chip, then Golden State got to figure out how to keep them in the fold. But if they take a clear and undeniable step backwards, if you're Draymond, you got to be th- – and let's say Detroit, all of a sudden, they find a way to get to the playoffs this year, yeah, it becomes something that, that at a minimum, at a minimum, it becomes something that becomes a talking point between Draymond's camp the Pistons, and Golden State's front office, obviously. Okay. Okay. Well, Draymond, remember, he has an opt-in clause for, right. for the next season. So next he season. can come back, I think, at $24 million and play two more years. So he could conceivably play two more years, take his chances in 2024, and then be like, you know, and Golden State could say, hey, Draymond, it's just, unless you want to take, like, the mid-level – or you want to take a major pay cut, we can't do this anymore because Steph Curry ain't slowing down. Clay is never going to play wear another uniform. They love Clay, And then you got guys who are coming up for extensions, Wiseman, and then eventually Kaminga and Moody are going to want to get their little checks too. And now you already paid Wiggins, you paid Poole. So the second wave is coming. I think that's one of the reasons why probably Draymond had an issue with Poole because Poole was part of that new wave. Like Curry's retiring a warrior. New Curry and Tots are going re- yeah, to retire Warriors. Uh, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and Poole. And now Wiggins, that's like your supporting five that are coming up in addition to some other guys they've drafted. And now Draymond's like, well, where do I fit in? His skills are declining. He can't shoot like he used to all the above. But I think Draymond, it all depends on how he wants to look like. We've all seen dudes try to, like, go to a team, go to their hometown team. Chris Weber, remember Chris Weber went back to Detroit, and, and dudes try to go back to their hometown team, and they, and they look at them, they look just strange in another uniform, and they ain't got it anymore. Like, I don't think Draymond wants to be that guy in, in a Pistons uniform with a bunch of young bucks around him being, being that crabby 35 year old where Kay Cunningham and Sadiq Bay are hooping. And he's like, he, he done lost two steps. Like and he's now he's on the bench doing this. Like he I don't hire first and do his podcast. You, you, yeah. you, he can't be, he can't be you done as Haslam. He can't be you done as Haslam. No, yeah. I don't think he's going to be. <laughs> I think, and, and he can go to TNT or wherever, cause he'll have his choice of TV gigs. Right. If he or he wants to do whatever he wants to do. To me, I think the the clock is ticking for Draymond because I think the Warriors are kind of just tired and they feel like, listen, as much as talent as Draymond has and, and glue, we got talent coming and they're gonna get me to get paid. They gave Poole 30 million. Like that's a lot of money for a dude. How much did he average last year? 12 points? 18. 18? He averaged 18 like last year. Half, I think. Yeah. Oh, my fault. I, I, I really uh, didn't mean disrespecting like that, but that's a lot of money. Although he's a growing player, he's got swag, he's got game. I think Draymond sees a writing on the wall. I thought that punch was way out of line and unnecessary. He just don't – I mean, 
Draymond six eight two forty five. I mean, that could have really hurt that dude. I mean, and as much as we people are joking and oh, you got you got you got knocked the fuck out all that like smoky stuff. Like you, yeah. that that really could have done some damage. And luckily, Pool is back now. You know, psychologically, he's got. I don't think they get over that though. You just somebody somebody yeah, little crushes your dinner, crush your jaw in, yeah. and you just oh, that's my dude. You my guy, like. It's going yeah. to take a lot. It's going to take yeah. a lot. Like, yeah. you might be cool with him and eat dinner and go out with a group, but, are, you know, but is Draymond going to put his arm around you? You're going to be like, what you, what you, don't, what yeah. you touch to me for? Like, it, it, I just think psychologically, it's a lot to get over. But to yeah. me, I think Draymond's got to think about his short term future and his long term future. How long do I want to play in the league? Because it, I think we can all see it. When Draymond loses it, he's going to really lose it, yeah. right? Like, it's it's not going to be one of those, he ain't going to be 37, 38, re- still helping the ball club. Remember, I just remember, like, remember Dennis Rodman. When Dennis left Chicago and he went to L.A. and Dallas and he's he started being this kind of vagabond, he had lost his skills, you know, and all of a sudden, Rodman, they, like, Rod, like, get away. Like, you played t- too long. You know, you don't, I don't want Draymond to play too long just to try to show that he can still play. You've won, you've done everything you wanted to do. You're probably going to the Hall of Fame, Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond, play until you until you feel like About you're done. Gracefully. Yeah. Yes. I feel you. Yeah. I, I talk actually for a story I did for Bleach Report uh, that, that ran on, on Monday. Uh, I talked to Cedric Maxwell about yeah. that because Cedric, as we know, Cedric, he, he's not. He's never been shy to, to, to put my hands up in case mm-hmm. it comes to that. And his perspective on on Draymond, I, I thought was was telling. I mean, he he doesn't. He agrees with you, Gary. He doesn't think that Poole is going to be able to get over this because if it's not in you internally to try to 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 control that, you're going to be hearing about it from the media. You're going to be hearing about it from fans. You're not going to be able to fully escape what happened. And. There's no telling, and again, we don't know how much of that Jordan has ingrained within him that that he's still processing. So, how you gonna rock and roll with this dude for like another four years? I mean, granted, they give you thirty million reasons why every year to make it work, but you want to be, you want to create your own destiny. You want to be your own man in this league, and and how is this going to make that reality hard to become your reality? Mm-hmm. It's Cool. I mean, I, I mean, props to him for getting that check, but damn, bro, I don't know how. To, I don't know how you can be cool with this dude going forward. I just and don't know how you can do it. It's the video. I think the like the fact that the Warriors were more upset about the video. I, it's really telling too, because yeah. when you think about it, for Jordan Poole, it's it. This video is circulating. It even if they get it deleted, there's someone that has it on their phone, and this is something that you have to continue to relive versus. I, we talked about this last week. If it wasn't online, then we could have blew it under the rug. He would just have to keep thinking about it, but we didn't have I'm to. Kwani, I'm just tripping off. TMZ calls the warrior video dude. Right. Who's making like 42,000. Like, yeah. And they like, we give you 100,000. So he like Martin. When Remember Martin got the producing job and he was buffing floors? Let me see here. 42,000 video guy, 100,000 get fired. 4,200. <laughs> I wonder if there are legal ramifications, though. I, I don't know about that, but he got 100,000 right now chilling. You can't get a lawyer with that money. 
Yeah, now right? he can't work for the NBA anymore, okay. but some, but he that check clearing, he, he done bought a he, he got a car. Finally. <laughs> he, he's like, we see 42,000, and I'm the low right. dude in the total bowl, a hundred thousand, and I get fired. And mm-hmm. even if they caught the person, they might not even caught the dude yet. Yeah. You know, it might be some like virtual genius who's like, I can't get caught. A robot, right. And he had some kind of digital virtual way to give it to TMZ and was like, oh, my I'm name ain't on this email. Right. Like it's it is Silicon Valley, right? I mean that's true. <laughs> TMZ was like, you good. Here's your hundred thousand. Reminder to pay people in sports more so they don't have to do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think we summed up game one pretty well. Obviously, now the ball is in the players' court. But with that being said, <laughs> I was right, waiting for Gary. You have a new drink here for Quanti. These That's two strikes, Quanti. Three strikes and you out. Three strikes and you out. That's two strikes. So stop hating. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Also, I want to give a shout out to people. If you live in Boston and you're a Jalen Brown fan, I was at his pop-up shop, which will be, I think, until the end of probably November. It was pre- it was a really big crowd. There was actually two very long lines that just wrapped around the seaport, which is very telling of the influence that him and obviously Jason Tatum showed up as well, which proves that they do support each other. But if you're in Boston, definitely check out that shop in the seaport. Support Black-owned businesses. And that's all I had to say. That was my spiel. But game one, we're going to talk about that next week for Ashraw Blakely and Gary Washburn, our guest, Keith Pompey from the Philly Inquirer. Thank you so much. I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. Season is here. <laughs>